Welcome to the Scale Up Valley podcast, where we bring the best founders and investors to help you scale a business from 1 million to 1 trillion. This guest is a very special one. Uh, her name is Laura Costantini, the co-founder at Astella. Laura, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Mike. It's a pleasure to be here. Excited for our conversation. <laughs> Likewise, and uh, it's it's incredible to to see that you have been involved in the tech ecosystem and you started Stella in two thousand eight, so fourteen years ago. Uh, mm. I started Scale Up Valley in two thousand thirteen, and it was kind of the beginning of the ecosystem. And we see the booming of Latam. You are based in in Brazil. You you run one of the most well known funds in in Brazil, Stella. And it's incredible to see uh, how early you started to um, to leverage this wave of entrepreneurship and and tech and uh, even creating the movement in in Latin. But for the ones who didn't have the pleasure to to get to know you, uh, I, it would be great if you can give us an overview about uh, about what you've been doing. Absolutely, and uh, and indeed, I mean, looking uh, back on. It might might have been too early to start, and I will tell you why, and I'll give you a little <laughs> bit of our background. <laughs> um, I, um, I was uh, working at the financial markets. I was an equity research for Telcos, and that's how I, I, I met uh, Edson, um, my, my partner. He mm -hmm. was working at uh, Lucent Technologies, and basically um, our our approach and the, and how we 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 started to engage uh, and and uh, and basically become um, a, a friends um, and uh, and and then uh, to to build a partnership was because him at Lucent that there was a supplier of technology for 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 networks um, could could give me some hints of how uh, the, the network uh, and uh, telecom networks and, and the entire technology could evolve. Because my uh, biggest concern as an analyst would be how to uh, project technology adoption or how far Got could it. penetration go um, in terms of uh, 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 landlines, um, um, backbones um, and mm -hmm. Uh, mobile and, and that that was my biggest uh, pain point because at that time um when i started in the financial markets the the, the brazilian telecom system was being privatized and mm -hmm. since a lot of our effort would be then put into marketing and sales um, for to grow the networks i i wanted to understand what what would be the dynamics of growth and and technology adoption and that's how we 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 created our friendship and uh, and and partnership. So um, uh, so so when when we saw like a very um, early signs of a, mm -hmm. an innovation ecosystem in Brazil, and we started to talk to the entrepreneurs to understand uh, um, what they were building, mindset, and so forth. Mm -hmm. Two things um, came up uh, or strike this. First one was that uh, how interesting a mindset of entrepreneurs were, and uh, and 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 uh, and and, uh, and their ideas uh, or their um, uh, 
uh, how meaningful they were in terms of uh, building right. something that would cause an impact or would do mm -hmm. something for the society. Um, and, uh, and also that uh, everything was so nascent that maybe we could, could help those guys, you know, and maybe we could yeah. build a business out of it. And that's how we, we, we started. I mean, the entire uh, idea that, uh, that we actually uh, tried to figure out was how to build a business, uh, sustainable business, <laughs> considering our expertise and considering the, the nascent ecosystem. Mm -hmm. And the point is coming to your, coming to your introduction was that uh, um, it was so nascent that uh, it took, it took a long, long time for us to, to understand our own business uh, model or, or economics, mm. I would say. Right. So, but still, we we were um, actually pretty much engaged into into the ecosystem. We were Endeavor was had uh, had arrived in Brazil in two thousand and eight or two thousand and nine. So um, everything. Uh, seemed to make sense to us so and and uh and we kept uh, trying and and uh and and uh and at the beginning what we had to do was that uh mm -hmm. because uh investors had uh very few knowledge of how venture capital worked mm -hmm. uh and also um they didn't uh some of them that that understood the dynamics of venture capital were in doubt if Brazil could be a, a, a fertile ground to, to venture capital. <laughs> so we could then raise and, and that's why we had to bootstrap. We had to invest yep. our own money in our first vehicle so that we, could, um, we say that we could prove our uh, capability of uh, creating value and, uh, and, and, and investing. But at the end of the day, it was also that we had to wait for for the maturity of the market you know right. so <laughs> the importance of uh timing the importance of persistence uh and also kind of bootstrapping building your mvp with your own money <laughs> before okay. being able to raise a, a larger amount of, uh, of funds we have been covering a lot here on on the show and a little bit more the um, the venture capital side and uh, how, how it what it takes to build a fund it's not an easy process for the ones um we've we've go we've gone through we've gone through that and uh and and definitely it's also an entrepreneurial uh journey as you said to build um out a business of uh, supporting others to be successful and uh, making the founders successful and and the investors that invest in the fund successful at the same time that's the way of being able to raise a second and third and having more and more impact in the in the ecosystem right so it's it's not an easy journey <laughs> not at all and when you start uh with a very few money or no money <laughs> and lack um, of knowledge as you said and lack of appetite for that kind of act, um, asset class right so, so yeah. and investors not understanding very well what is that uh what is venture capital about and being open to um, to allocate part of their capital in this um, asset class. Totally, yeah. It's a, so that's why we had to build our value proposition. Like it had to be a strong one to founders, mm -hmm. 
yeah. so that we could uh, we could aggregate founders and we could we could actually and uh, start uh, understanding the 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 viability and the dynamics of the entire ecosystem through the the lenses or through the relationship with founders at the beginning and then um and then trying to sell to to the to investors so that's right. what that's what we did <laughs> and now let's kind of do a jump of kind of 15 years after uh 2008 uh let's let's jump into 2022 what is this Estella today? What is the Vela proposition? Uh, what is the thesis, et cetera, et cetera? We, uh, that, that's, a, that's interesting. That's a very good question. So um, actually, I mean, the, the entire idea of uh, creating Estella came because we've, we, we actually felt in love with the, the entrepreneur mindset and, and how we could uh, actually engage with these guys and uh, and and build a business uh, around uh, around this ecosystem and build business around the idea of uh, of helping founders to thrive. So, mm -hmm. so considering our our passion and our willingness to build something to founders, our positioning has always been as um, value creators, like whatsoever. So at the beginning, we understood that. Uh, um, because we were uh, on a very scarce environment in terms of our resources, the more we could help uh, um, founders to grow with efficiency, the better, because they would prove their 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 business model and and they would also uh, right. survive longer. So so we we dig into uh, go to market strategy and uh, and mm -hmm. and. Uh, and, and sales uh, strategies so that uh, we could help founders to build their 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 own processes and and that's how we we started um, with uh, with the idea of uh, of uh, of uh, bringing knowledge bringing efficiency more on a way of uh, exchanging ideas and helping to build than being you know uh, um it, the 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 only source i would say um because the 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 way that uh, innovation is built is 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 hard to figure out the way we you have to test a lot of hypotheses you have to, be, to build a process of uh of uh, uh uh building the process the projects and processes by interacting with our uh, users and clients so our idea was exactly to be like a a, a source of a, uh, uh, of a, uh, um, let's say knowledge and and someone that could exchange ideas with founders on the mm -hmm. on, on their uh, way of uh, figuring out uh, what they had to to figure right. out to be sustainable. So 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 that's a. So that's how we, we, we started to position ourselves and that's how we, we, we actually aimed to, to be recognized as. Uh, and then, I mean, we, we did our first uh, investments mm -hmm. in, in a moment that uh, resources were, were very, very scarce. So indeed valuation was not an issue. I mean, obviously you, you have to figure out what would be like mm -hmm. a 
it, the valuation or how what kind of a stake yeah you would uh, it would be uh, fair to to grab uh, because of our uh, investments, but um, it was actually not an issue because uh, it was practically us and only us to to invest on the on the on the startups. But then um, we we when we started investing and other players came into the market, we understood that. Uh, understanding how um, we could value the rounds uh, and the size of the rounds mm -hmm. were significantly important because it was very tough when when found it is very tough when founders uh, raise a, a small amount of uh, money or a smaller round and then it it stays like a, on the limbo without right. It's not on the prior round, but it didn't uh, get to the milestones of the next one. So what right. should founders do? So this limbo is tough. And also giving too much money to founders is a way of uh, mm -hmm. uh, um, right. uh, incentivizing inefficiencies. So so uh, so we, we started to look for uh, ways or to build a process um, so that we could understand what could be like a the 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 ideal round size and uh and then this created another bunch of knowledge for us because the ideal round size is related to the milestones that that uh of each round and it is related also to a level of maturity of processes so basically what we started to to understand going uh i mean from the, the starting point of understanding how we could value around was that there, there is an archetype of mm -hmm. the entrepreneur journey and that right. we could map uh, and we could measure the rounds uh, throughout the lenses of uh, milestone effort and timing mm -hmm. for, um, for arriving into the next uh, moment or mm -hmm. the next round. So and 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 this was very enlightening because not only it could show us um, where founders were in terms of uh, maturity and in terms of a uh, uh, perspective of uh, raising the next round, but also I mean if you compare the very very well succeeded companies into the same space, you could see that if the the company that we were analyzing would deserve a premium or a discount. Mm -hmm. so that we could arrive at a, a, a rule or into a rule of thumb for, for, for valuation right. uh, in, in a certain uh, point. So, and, and that's why we, we, we brought the, the second, I would say, uh, prince, uh, principles or the second uh, pillar mm -hmm. of our positioning, which is uh, the, the, the value investing, which is basically mm -hmm. if, uh, I mean, everybody when think about value investing, think about uh, DCF, the discounted uh, ca uh, free cash flow. Um, yeah. And basically, you if you cannot apply this to a startup, you have to find another way uh, to compare to value uh, the the assets. And right. and this is pretty much related to how you 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 compare uh, the the opportunities that uh, that we were uh, um, analyzing to a base rate. That is actually this map that we created that we call the base rate uh, 
methodology. So, so that's how we, we, we started to interact with our own uh, dilemmas and creating ways of uh, getting out of it on a, on a healthier way, you know? So, um, so, so, so those are, are the, the two main uh, pillars of our positioning. So in, in other words, this kind of helping founders go from zero to one or find product market fit in through a structured process, which was something that was not very available. We, we might think that business model canvas, uh, lean startup are, are tools that are much more, are not so old uh, as as we think, right? So the, this came maybe in the in the 2010s uh, part of the of, of the last kind of last decade right so it's it's not something uh, that has been there forever so and there mm -hmm. was not a lot of investors that were able to support entrepreneur through uh, that journey and at the same time being a little bit also more thoughtful about how to understand what is the size of the round that will be able to get from let's say from pre-seed to seed or from angel to seed from seed to to series a what are the milestones that we need to achieve and what are the methodologies and helping the founder to go through that process uh, when the information was almost not available um at the time we need to kind of we, you needed to to build a playbook uh especially for mm -hmm. for brazil right? in, in other words <laughs> yeah that that's uh that's exactly it i mean and uh and Actually, I mean, if you think about uh, how how information is available and how knowledge is, is available um, and was available at that time, I mean, obviously you could read about what uh, the VCs were doing in the US. You could yeah, um, you need research to adapt it. And, and everything. But it is very, very time consuming to um, build right. uh, like, like a, a, a comprehensive yeah. um, um, library or, or of knowledge that uh, that 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 could uh, supply the, the needs of uh, uh, founders with uh, different business models, uh, different stages, um, and uh, and and actually also for founders per se when they are there, um, you know, trying to figure out their daily uh, challenges. It is tough for them to stop and to think about how they could uh, bring knowledge or bring benchmarks of what kind of benchmarks. So right. having someone to organize the entire discovery of uh, right. um, the ideal pattern of growth or the ideal journey is is indeed. Uh, I, I mean, looking um, uh, and and uh, and and remembering what. Uh, what the founders, uh, the, the kind of feedback that we received from founders was was exactly that. Oh, well, it was so time consuming for us to bring all this information that right. you brought that was actually tailor-made for these guys, you know, because that, that's all what right. uh, our value proposition was. So, and, and indeed it had a lot of value. And, and, and uh, when, when, uh, when time uh, passed and uh, and we actually created our own experience of uh, what we've seen that worked and what we've exactly. seen that didn't work, even better, and yeah. real yeah. examples of how we experienced all of this besides those those founders, yeah. that that was priceless. So that, so the flywheel would be even um, stronger, you know.
And the same happened in a certain way in Europe. So it's a different culture. Even every single country has a different culture, different stages of maturity of the different ecosystems. So if we try to apply straight away what the information that we consume from the US, uh, it might be a nightmare. And uh, same in, South, in Southeast Asia, same in Latam, same in Brazil. So we need to be able to adapt that knowledge to, to the local uh, community and to the local uh, standards and definitely we, we can be super confused if, if we if we talk especially at the time if we talk with two or three different people they will tell completely different stuff and and founders would be completely also lost uh, in who should I trust right so it's it's very important to have a to have someone that has um, a reputation and and that knows what what they are talking about uh, especially uh, at the time and and what is the thesis of Estellan oh great we are um, we are early stage investors um so we invest uh, pre seed seed and series a um we um we we do half of uh, the the funds are for follow-ons. So part of our thesis is to build a, a base of uh, bets and then concentrate the resources into those right. those bets. Um, so our thesis are really concerning um, uh, how uh, the the this how we think that uh, those business models fit to the needs that they that mm -hmm. those founders are, are pretending to 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 work on uh i.e um we understand what is the 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 size of the problem that these guys are trying to solve so we do look a lot at, at how the team works and and uh, the how the founder fit is is uh, implicit on the on the solution and uh and and then um the, the two pillars of our thesis that is the 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 value creation and mm -hmm. value um, um, investing which mm -hmm. is exactly the 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 idea that uh that we can nurture founders by helping them to grow and then by understanding how the the company works what are the dynamics of the team we could um we can uh, choose uh, and select the the the, the virtual uh, cycles, <laughs> and by in investing on the virtual cycles, we 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 can understand uh, through our base rate lenses how the how how the 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 performance of those those companies are evolving, and how the team is maturing so that we can understand if on the next round we should double down and we should uh, uh, concentrate our bets or not and it right. also gives us a sense of uh, when we should recommend founders to to sell either for an m a listen your value mm -hmm. proposition is not complete you are not finding it so maybe merging with uh, another startup or maybe uh, um, um, selling to a, an incumbent would make more sense for you mm -hmm. um, and and those open conversations do happen a lot because um, at the end of the day um if in our view if we don't if we don't choose to double down we should help founders to uh have a decent uh 
uh, alternative, right. you know, solution. So, so, exactly. so that's how. So, so that's how that that those are our main uh, uh, thesis points. Um, Got it. Uh, are you sector agnostic or any okay. orientation in yeah. business model agnostic as well? Uh, no, uh, yeah, and that that's a that's interesting question because we are agnostic, but we have different lenses. We have different ways mm -hmm. to look at at through the lenses of platforms. So SaaS is a platform. Marketplaces mm -hmm. is also a, another kind of platform and the direct-to-consumer business has other lenses. So when we mm -hmm. say that we compare uh, the, the trajectory or the journey of those companies, we do the comparisons through their, uh, consider their, their verticals or their, the, the, the platform that they are um, um, working at. So, so we will compare SaaS to, with SaaS, we will compare marketplaces to marketplaces and, and so on. I was looking also a little bit to your portfolio at uh, Estelle and I recognize that even uh, Omi, uh, I even remember when kind of Marcel Lombardo started uh, Omi, kind, kind of the, the story, I think that I we have also been in touch to host him on, on the podcast uh, some years ago. I think that we never ended uh, being able to. But uh, would you like to highlight some of the some of the portfolio companies that you have uh, helped to nurture along the years with Estella? Yeah. So Omi is is for sure um, one of our cases. It it was an interesting moment where um, he found. Um, product fit we understood that uh they had uh, he had a cohort of uh clients that uh, were engaging and and had like a a very interesting dynamics with the the erp um mm -hmm. but we were afraid of uh, their um marketing and sales strategy because it was too much dependent on um marketing uh digital marketing and and uh and google advertising actually <laughs> so, um and one of our another aspect of our of, of our investment thesis is that that i forgot to mention and i think uh it's now very interesting to mention on the on the context of omi yeah. is that uh, we've tried to find um companies that have a proprietary source of demand which means that they, they, they don't depend in, uh, on one source of, uh, of leads or one source of demand, because whenever you get dependent on someone, you, the, 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 <laughs> the probability of you transferring value to this, uh, to this entity is, is huge, right? So, right. so what, uh, what we, um, when we started to engage with Marcel, we understood the product fit. And, mm -hmm. and we understood how special the product was. And also the founders fit because they were, uh, Marcelo and, and, uh, and, and his CTO were coming from a previous uh, uh, entrepreneur journey where they built a ERP for uh, um, mid, mid to large corporations. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and they wanted, and, and the, the entire vision of uh, OMI was created when they started to think uh, that, uh, that, that they could simplify a lot the ERP and the user experience 
to smaller um, uh, companies and, uh, and, and to entrepreneurs uh, per se and help those guys. And, and nobody was doing that. So founders fit were there, a product fit was there, and we were actually concerned about the market fit. And, uh, mm -hmm. and, and then um, when we started to challenge Marcelo, listen, um, mm -hmm. be dependent on Google is, is quite uh, concerning because, um, mm -hmm. because of the reasons that I mentioned to you, he, he recognized so that he started to dig into their, his own uh, customer base to understand where the, the, the most uh, engaged clients were coming right. from. And, uh, and, and then he figured out that uh, those, those uh, clients were coming from a reference from their accountants. Wow. And because the accountants had figured out that OMI could help the accountants on organizing the daily life of small, <laughs> small uh, companies that, that, that is actually chaotic because those companies, right. they didn't even use Excel. They were using like a, the back of the envelope, literally. So, <laughs> so imagine the accountants. <laughs> so, um, and, and so, and then he figured out that uh, that the accountants could be um, either a a third party a party channel for him or mm -hmm. a source of leads. And and then um, the 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 discovery was how 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 they uh, OMI could engage um, mm -hmm. accountants to to be part of their their sales machine or their growth machine. And, right. and so, and this was uh, the, the beginning of, uh, of everything. So, so it was, uh, it was, was really You, you got involved with OMI at, at what stage in, in seed stage or? We seed? called seed, but it was actually, uh, actually pre-seed because pre if you think okay. about, uh, about the, their moment and, and maturity, I mean, the product was pretty mature. Uh, they had built a lot because they, they were building while they were selling the other, the other, <laughs> the other ERP, um, but but the, the traction uh, and uh, and the the market fit was not there, so they were not growing as fast as they as they started to grow later later on. So so it was more more of a pre seed looking now, but uh, but we called seed actually. And this is one of the examples, maybe one of the the first successful companies uh, of the of the ecosystem, right? So, any other examples that you'd like to to share along the years uh, that you have been backing? Yeah, um, more more recently, we um, we started to invest in some marketplaces that came into the market, um, and uh, and and this was also uh, a uh, an interesting experience because we ended up digging into the dynamics of marketplaces, also to understand mm -hmm. valuation and and uh, and and the uh, the main uh, um, uh, milestones for each round. So uh, we invested in Cayena that is is doing uh, mm -hmm. very well, um, growing really fast. Uh, we also. Um, um, 
we also did some uh, uh, golf tech uh, um, investments in, in one of them. Aprova Digital is, is doing quite well as well. Mm-hmm. Um, those are interesting teases uh, as, as well. Um, we invested in one uh, agri-tech uh, marketplace that is called Thrive, that is also doing very, very well. And, and Thrive is a, is a fintech marketplace for um, uh, uh, to bring liquidity to the entire uh, um, wow. credit chain uh, in, in Brazil. And, and if you think that, uh, if you think that uh, agriculture is uh, one third of our GDP, and if you think that uh, financial services unlocked a lot of value and opportunity in Brazil after open banking and after uh, right. all the, that the central bank created, Tribe is all, is interesting because it is an, on the on the edge of this this two uh, spaces, and yeah. and also uh, solving a huge uh, pain point with, that is uh, financing the, the the crops and how and how the dynamics of this financing happens in Brazil is through the 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 the, the a sales channel that sells um, uh, products to the agricultural businesses so mm-hmm. and they ended up leveraging their balance sheets that ended up leveraging the balance sheet of the industry like on the likes of us Singenta buyers and so on mm-hmm. so tribe comes to bring liquidity and to take all this 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 credit that that are good assets to the financial markets so then the financial markets can deal with it in terms of uh, how they would uh, uh, um, um, score and uh, and expect a return for for them, and then the industry and the sales channels would do what whatever they are uh, uh, prepared to do that are selling uh, yeah. stuff for 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 agric- for the agriculturers. So 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 uh, so tribe is also quite interesting in terms of a uh, uh, business case and and uh, and how it. Uh, comes to the Brazilian market on a on an on an interesting timing. So so mm-hmm. so. And in, um, a, in, a, in a perspective yeah. of uh, kind of value investment and value creation, uh, what is the 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 approach of Estella for kind of investing in a PowerPoint? Would you like more to see a MVP and early traction, or are you more willing to to invest when you see a, a good narrative and founder market fit? Um, when there is almost nothing than just some validation. <laughs> yeah, very seldom we we invest on on PowerPoint, but very very seldom we did it, and we mm-hmm. would do if we know the founders very well. So let's mm-hmm. say that uh, let let's say as an example that uh, Marcelo from Omi right. exit. Omi on a very successful uh, um, IPO or or MA uh, whatsoever, and uh, and that he comes back to the market um, to right. build something new. We would definitely back him on the PowerPoint stage, and and that was the case of uh, some of uh, the 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 cases of uh, PowerPoint investments that we did because we would understand the founders fit we would understand the execution capability of that team right. um, makes sense we know how the, how the founders think and and the process of uh, 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 
customer discovery and uh, dealing with hypotheses were so so that's uh so that's the the the, the main uh, the key aspect of uh, um, investing or on PowerPoints or not. But then being like the second check on the pre-seed so that that the the founders have the product that the the MVP and it is trying to arrive on the on the uh, um, on the product market feed and and uh, and trying to understand what is the the, the sales channel that that will drive growth right. then then we would uh, then we we, we, the right we like and we've done a lot the pre-seed and seed is is our sweet spot because then when when you have a clarity of product market fit and mm -hmm. the the main challenge is to come up with the the distribution channel or the go-to-market strategy then it's it's where we we love to help and we love to to bring insights to the to the journey so 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 yeah i mean great great point uh <laughs> you are also recently a board member of endeavor uh brazil so uh, as we discussed that you have been almost uh since the beginning uh, of the of the ecosystem one of the oldest uh, funds in in brazil so you have a, a a great helicopter view about the challenges and the evolution of the of the brazilian ecosystem and even of the latin uh, ecosystem so how do you see it today and how do you see it uh, evolving into the future what what is your uh, what are kind of your uh, your view of the future for for Brazil and for the Latin region in terms of uh, investment. Ah, we we think uh, that the ecosystem is here to stay and might continue to grow and and become even stronger. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a a, a virtual vir, virtual cycle. I would say that uh, um, it is the. It is how those uh, entrepreneurs and founders inspire others to come to the market, and and also they also come for their second uh, and third uh, journeys, and uh, and this uh, actually um, uh, um, um, investors were also uh, interested on on understanding those dynamics and 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 understood that this could be an interesting ecosystem. So we now have founders experienced founders um a very inspir inspirational uh, entrepreneur mindset to the entire country plus um financial resources throughout the the the, the chain and throughout uh, the, right. the the series uh, we have a strong uh m a and an exit market in brazil mm -hmm. so if, if uh if we consider the the, the volume of transactions between a uh, hundred million dollars uh, to five uh, five hundred six hundred million dollars it is it, mm -hmm. the market is, is quite liquid and uh, and and there is the concern of incumbents uh, um, innovating so they do see MA as part of a strategy of uh, bringing innovation right. also uh, the the entire ecosystem merging companies to be, uh, to grow inorganically, so mm -hmm. so I I uh, I do see the the elements uh, needed for for a healthy uh, uh, ecosystem, 
in place. And in, and in fact, if you think about uh, the inspirational part, uh, mm -hmm. the amount of uh, teams that comes out of uh, the, the, right. the larger startups or the, the larger tech companies and create their own uh, uh, new uh, bank, into and dive, uh, yeah, that is the, <laughs> what we call the mafia techs. Um, exactly. Huge. I mean, uh, Rappi in Latin America already created more than 100 new teams uh, out of wow. it. Yeah. So it's, it's impressive, you know, uh, and, and this is a, a very good sign of a, of a, of a robust uh, ecosystem. ecosystem. That's great. I definitely see it. And it's, it's great also to see even David Velas in, in so many uh, companies as a, as a super angel, for instance, and, and of course the founders of, of Rappi uh, as well, even the same with Sergio from, from Creditas. And so, so many other founders uh, that I'm not mentioning, but that are already investing in the, in the future generations and a lot. A lot of them, as you said, are operators in their own companies that are now building uh, their own ventures and, uh, and are backed by them. Cool. We, we have also covered a bit about your value investment uh, framework and uh, how you try to, to build kind of um, free uh, archetypes archetyp uh, for SaaS marketplace and uh, DTC. And um, and it, I know that you also built uh, an amazing content machine that is also available on on your website. Uh, would you like to talk a little bit more about about, about that? What is available, etc. About about what? Sorry, I, I couldn't. The, the uh, content, uh, your content machine. Ah, uh, the content yeah. machine. Ah, oh, awesome. Okay. Ah, oh, that's interesting. Um, so we our content machine has uh, actually three pillars. So one we call the, the matrix, which is actually our matrix of content, mm -hmm. which is indeed understanding this, um, this ideal or this, this uh, perfect journey um, mm -hmm. for, for a startup and understanding what are the challenges and, uh, and bringing um, benchmarks and, or hypotheses of how those challenges can be addressed. So basically, we could we could um, build content on an organized way, because first of all, we had the map of this journey. So we started to uh, build um, content uh, describing the, this perfect journey. Then we would uh, describe the challenges. So for uh, each uh, business model or each platform, what are the challenges for uh, pre-seeds? What are the challenges for seed, uh, seed stage plus? What are the challenges for each uh, type of go-to-market strategy, for example? What are the challenges for product building and this kind of things? Yeah. So we started to create content describing the journey, describing the challenge, challenges and bringing um, hypotheses of, uh, or benchmarks of, of uh, how, to, how uh, um, to address or ideas for overcome those challenges. So this, this is the what we call the matrix. Then, then we have the plot, which is actually the, 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 the database that we use to compare the, the trajectories of, uh, of each company. And we also show, I mean, uh, so um, in average, a, a SaaS company takes 
X amount of months for going from pre-seed to seed. The main challenges are, are, are uh, X, Y, and Z. And uh, the si round size, uh, average round size is X. Um, and uh, the, the average dilution for founders is Y. So, 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 so then we, we, we bring like measurements for that and, and, uh, and, and we give founders an idea of uh, speed to grow and, and, uh, and, and, uh, and valuation. And, and recently we created the uh, Astella Expert Network, which is uh, uh, a network of, uh, of experts that helps us to um, in, uh, um, um, describe the playbooks or on a more uh, complete and, and deeper ways and to engage with, uh, with, uh, with founders. Basically, the idea of uh, a Stella Expert Network uh, come because we, we, we understood that to grow asset under management, we would need to attract a num larger number of companies engaged to a larger number of founders, plus um, uh, invest on in a larger number of companies. So basically, we we were thinking how how we could scale our capability <laughs> of value creation right. of building content of this kind of things, and uh, the idea of uh, of uh, building this 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 network of experts was to scale our our actions. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> that's great, uh, and uh, congratulations for that. It's very rare to see so uh, so very well thought art uh, um, content. Uh, it's it's at astellainvest.com, uh, the tab knowledge machine, and then you, you will have what Laura just described, the matrix, the plots, and the Estella uh, expert network. This kind of information, as you said in the beginning, really helps for founders that are starting or that are in uh, seed stage to, to understand what, what are the main challenges and um, how they can benchmark with, uh, with, with other journeys. So great stuff. Congratulations for that uh, as well. And actually, Mike, we are translating our content. So the, 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 the recent uh, track that we created on marketplaces um, is, is uh, completely translated. So, so it's also available for English speaking founders. <laughs> exactly. Awesome. That's, that's really great. And so let's go into the last segment of the show where I ask you uh, a quick question and, and you give me um, a brief answer. And let's start with the first three self-reflective questions uh, that we always ask to our guests. So number one, if you'd have the opportunity to meet Laura uh, in 2008 and, and talk with your younger self over a coffee, what advice you offer to your younger uh, Laura? At that time, I was coming out of the financial market, so um, <laughs> making mistakes was very, very expensive, I would say. Um, and the, the, the biggest change on mindset from the entrepreneur um, ecosystem to the financial market is indeed how, how, um, how you can uh, accept mistakes on, on your trajectory. So um, if... Uh, if I had someone by myself saying, get rid of it, don't be so hard on yourself and allow yourself to make right. mistakes, I would be much happier. 
<laughs> I, I imagine the frustration. I, I can see that uh, you definitely had a very entrepreneurial spirit on, on building uh, a stell and a lot of perseverance. What are you the most proud of on your journey so far? It is simple, um, but it's not easy. Mm -hmm. I am proud of uh, being able to conciliate family and work and wow. on a on an entrepreneur uh, journey because I, I consider ourselves at, at Estella as, as entrepreneurs and founders because our trajectory is very similar Absolutely. to the entrepreneur journey. So um, the products that we build, how we you know how we build for the two sides uh, as a marketplace, founders and investors. Right. So so um, so I'm really proud of. Uh, being mindful to um to the the two aspects of my life and and one being always integrating the other because on the on my darkest hours when i thought uh what am i doing am i on the right uh, track i have two daughters um how should i think uh, think about them um going forward and what always came into my mind is that uh, the examples that that I was uh, bringing mm -hmm. to their lives of, uh, I mean, that they could think that uh, all of this is possible, or you know that that uh, right. if you have a passion of building something, you should definitely go ahead, it, and uh, it's not going to be easy, and that's that's one thing that is hard because now that they are 16, 14 years old. They mm -hmm. see the success that they see Astella doing well, but they don't remember how hard it was. Because they were, <laughs> they were and, and I was like, oh, my God, how, how can I tell those kids that it's not that easy? You know, <laughs> and it's incredible because uh, you you kind of uh, Astella was born almost in between uh, both of them. Right. So I'm not yeah. saying I was thinking about the 15 years that we will do in January uh, of 2023. Right. So and. 14, that's 15, 16. So that's that's free kids, <laughs> Laura. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And that's another interesting point because and and there were like a mo moments of uh, uh, of uh, uh, that I stopped to think it was if I was doing the right stuff because my younger daughter um, she was born premature, and uh, and I mean her first year was was very very hard. So at that year, I, I, I reflected several times if I was doing, if I was in, if I was really doing the, the right stuff to continue insisting on, on Astella. And at that beginning, we had no business model uh, at Astella. Right. So the odds that uh, we would be successful weren't there. I mean, we didn't know, you know, so, so that was tough. <laughs> wow, congratulations, amazing story. We, we could almost now stop here and, and start talking about that. Uh, yeah, but let's exactly. Go <laughs> that, that's why I always say, we should we should start the show with these questions and then we double down on the using your analogy of, of the fun then you double down on those questions worst worst <laughs> advice ever received it i i can't remember exactly the, a very bad advice but it comes to my mind that it's always something that uh it is related to a suggestion that has not skin in the game 
like mm -hmm. do it yourself you have the skin and you put it on the game but uh, that it, that it is clear that the person that is giving the suggestion or the the advice wouldn't do it uh, himself right. or herself so right. so and it's easy to figure out um because it doesn't come from the heart it doesn't yeah. come from a level of experience attached to it so mm -hmm. so so i mean those are like oh that's bullshit so those are the <laughs> words <laughs> <laughs> and, and finally the resources your favorite book business or non-business um that there is one book that is written by Viktor Frankl, Man's Search yeah. for Me. Um, Great this one. is pretty keen for, for those that are willing to to go for um, an entrepreneur's journey. I mean, you have to you have to feel it from inside. Um, because otherwise the, the journey is so painful that uh, that that if you don't have a really meaningful um, uh, goal in your life, you're not gonna do it. <laughs> so, right. So this 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 is a call for you know for 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 a reflection. <laughs> Great analogy to what happens to Viktor Frankl and how he's able to survive through all the temptations. And for the ones who didn't uh, read the book, please go there. <laughs> and I think that it will also help you to go through your entrepreneurial journey because compared to that, it might be a little bit easier. <laughs> oh yeah! Oh my god! <laughs> And, uh, yeah. yeah, no, and and, right. uh, and and how Victor describes the the entire uh, painful moments and uh, and journey that he had, right, and 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 how he survived, and and compared to the others that didn't survive, right, that that's something that is really interesting. So, yeah, one of those books to to read several times in different moments of uh, of life. <laughs> Favorite movie or series, as you wish. Um, you, you know, I, I, I don't have like a, a kind of a, a um, favorite one that came to my mind that would be like for life. But I am so impressed with a, a Netflix series that I just saw. That it's called Queen Loretta. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. It's the, the just like a very 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 um fast uh, it's it's uh the life of a drag queen that uh, mm -hmm. uh early um when he figured out that uh that, that he is uh gay he goes mm -hmm. he moved to paris he abandoned the family and moved to paris and in and in paris his uh, uh and in paris he creates his uh his life and his job and uh he become a drag queen and then mm -hmm. he has a, a call, uh, uh, actually a call to action that is for, for his journey, his, uh, his hero journey, that it starts mm -hmm. when he's old by receiving this call from uh, his, uh, uh, his granddaughter mm -hmm. asking for a favor back in, this, in his city uh, uh, in, in Polonia, in Poland. And, uh, mm -hmm. and that's how the story goes. And I'm not going to tell it because it's beautiful. <laughs> it's it has like a four or, or, or six. Uh, yeah. It, and, and, uh, and, 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 and you can, and, and you're going to be attached to it and you're going to see it 
one after the other. <laughs> Laura, we, we are doing an amazing job with the resources that we are letting people super curious to, to go uh, see the, the resources. And finally, your favorite uh, podcast, excluding this one. And I know that yeah. you also have a, a very good one. I am in love with what uh, Lex Friedman is doing. He is amazing. A guy from uh, a... Mm a computer scientist from MIT, and he interviews, I mean, some so interesting people. I, I, I find hard to, to understand how he, he accesses all those people. But for example, he interviewed Noam Chomsky right after the, the, the burst of the, the Ukrainian war. And, wow. uh, and, and, and he's a guy that is like a 32, 33 years old and, and a computer scientist, uh, uh, Wow, well done. Out of uh, the, the network of Noam Chomsky. But at the, at the end of the day, he's there interviewing Noam Chomsky. Very interesting. And then if you think about the other people that, uh, that, that comes to his show, it's, it's really, really interesting. So, and of course, you also have uh, two podcasts from Estella. Uh, I've, I've listened <laughs> uh, to them. Uh, of, of course, it's a challenge to keep them active, but there is a lot of resources uh, also there. Laura, it was yeah. a pleasure to, to have you on the show. Thanks so much for, for joining us today. No, thank you for the opportunity. It's such a nice conversation. I'm uh, looking forward for the next ones. <laughs> well, likewise. You. And it's curious to see that we, we hosted Isabel Partner at Canary, a fund that was created in 2017 and, and now... Laura, uh, co-founder of Estella and partner as well, uh, a fund that was created in 2008. So we kind of have a, a, an overview of, of the ecosystem starting in, in different moments uh, of time and from two female investors, which is all, all, also something amazing to see uh, more and more female investors in, in the ecosystem mm -hmm. and playing a role and having an impact. And to our community, thanks for being on that side. As you see, we keep bringing you the best of the best to make your life a little bit easier from zero to one, one to 10 and 10 to 100. See you soon and keep scaling. Mm -hmm.